one thing I want to do uh, before we introduce our guest speaker, I want to tell you a little story. Um, Pastor Tommy, uh, I met about 15 years ago. Um, he came, actually, it's a little bit more than that. We're just trying to be safe there. But um, I was about 14 years old, and Pastor Tommy came and spoke at our youth camp. Uh, we were a part of a church in Grand Haven. So I'm just a little kid, and uh, he came. And when you have a youth camp, you bring the crazy person up. And uh, by the crazy person, you know, the guy that thinks he can sing to the songs real loud. If you're in the second row, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I'm getting him back because I picked him up at the hotel yesterday, and he's like, oh, you got to see my new hat. And he put it on, and it was the Buckeyes. It was Ohio State. <laughs> and yeah. And so, whoops. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so he needs prayer, right? We'll get to that. So anyway. <laughs> So Pastor Tommy, uh, he likes cheaters and Urban Liar and the suck eyes, and so that's his thing. But, um, but anyway, um, oh, did I say that? Did I say that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's what Tommy's saying right now is, you know, I get the mic at the end, right? But anyway, <laughs> so here's the deal. So truthfully, um, so he came and spoke at our youth camps, and what's really cool is he's an evangelist. He also has... Um, he's one of our missionaries that we support with his Souls for Christ ministry. You hear us talk about it often. He's in the Philippines and in Mexico. But what I love about Pastor Tommy is he doesn't, he doesn't just roll into your church and roll out. Even as a teenager, he kept up with us in our lives. So he came and spoke at our youth camp, but then he stayed in touch. And, uh, and then as we grew into ministry, he kept up, and he'd call, and he'd say, hey, how you doing? How's things going? Like, care about you. And um, to me, when you talk about, he's one of our board members, when you talk about putting together a board or, or, or somebody who's going to help drive the vision of the church, I want somebody whose heart is invested. Amen. And that's what he is to this church. He's somebody who loves this church. Even though he lives in Atlanta, uh, he's always calling and uh, he'll call and I'll know it's him because, hello? And he'll say, Joshua. <laughs> like, you know, it's like he's, and I get a little bit scared at that point. So. <laughs> And anyway, and so he calls and checks in, and he loves this church, and he's walked us through a lot of big uh, opportunities and decisions. And uh, I'll tell you one story of that. We were making a decision about planting this church, starting this church. We lived in Howell, and, uh, and he actually I called him. We were making a big decision. It was sort of this, do we stay in a really dysfunctional situation in the church that we were in that was making a lot of compromises and stuff that we weren't in agreement with? And we said... Do we stay here? And you have to remember at that time, I had a three-month-old daughter. We just had her. So that meant like health insurance and security as far as natural things. It was my fortified wall, my scaled wall, if you will. And um, so I'm sitting here like, you know, do we stay in this dysfunction? Or um, I felt like God was sort of using this situation to release us to go do our dream and plant this church and do what God called us to do. But you're in that, what's God? What's myself? What am I supposed to do? So I called Pastor Tommy and hey, here's what's going on in my life, and I got to make this decision. He said, and you'll see here, he's Southern, you'll see in a minute, he said, well, Joshua, let me tell you a story about an eagle. I'm like, oh, man, here goes my day. Here goes my day. He's like, just cancel everything. And he says, uh, let me tell you about the process of an eagle. And he's serious. He's not kidding. And uh, he says, an eagle, and he'll actually tell us about it here in a minute. He said, but a baby eagle, the way that learns to fly is it gets kicked out of the nest. And it, it falls, falls and falls and falls. And as it's learning to fly, the mama bird will come and catch it. So to catch it, it'll bring it back to the nest. Okay, you didn't get it yet. You didn't get it yet. So then throws it out again. It falls and falls and falls. Then it gets caught. 
But eventually, through some of the falling process, that baby ego gets to a point where it says, hey, this is it. I can do this, and throws its wings and flies. And so Tommy says to me, he says, hey, you know, you're either going to get caught one more time. You know, you're going to kind of stay where you are and be caught or... Or it's time for you to it's time for you to throw your wings and do this thing. It's time for you to it's time for you to. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. And so that's a great story in itself. And so I'm just and I'm not taking a lot of your time, but uh, so that's a great story in itself. And I'm like, oh man, that's awesome. And then a couple of days later, uh, actually a couple of weeks later, we we made the decision. Hey, it was it was time to go do our own thing and come back here and plant this church. And uh, we had this crazy prayer lady. How many of you have ever met a crazy prayer lady? Just to let you know, they're all crazy, because faith makes you act crazy, right? I love all our prayer people. Prayer people, I love you. And so um, it should be that way. That's the way it should be. But anyway, she comes to us, and we're at this going away party, and she says, hey, Josh and Jess, um, I need to see you. She pulls us away from this going away party. She says, hey, I need to see you guys. And, uh, and we're like, so we're looking at each other. She's like, we need to go over in this room. And I'm thinking like, oh, great, back room with the prayer lady, <laughs> you know, like, oh, great. And uh, she says, hey, I've been thinking about what we should give you. She goes, you know, I could have got you a gift card. I could have got you whatever. She goes, and I know this sounds crazy. She didn't know the story. She didn't know anything. She goes, but I've been praying. And she's like, and I'm part whatever Indian. I forget whatever she was saying. And she goes, uh, and so I have this. And because of whatever percent Indian or something that she was, she legally is allowed to have it. And she goes, um, so I've been praying and God told me to give you this and it's crazy. She's like, but I'm going to give this to you and then I'll explain it. She said, but I feel like God's telling me to give you this. And it was an eagle feather. And she was like, it's your time to fly. She had no idea. So for me, yeah, like hocus pocus, we're like, oh, that's crazy. But it's, but it's good. It's God, amen. And so for me, um, that's what Tommy is to us. He's a voice from God that aims this church and aims our lives into holiness and right standing and, and, and always pushing us for greatness. And uh, I believe that as he gives this sermon, he's going to preach about the eagle. I believe it can position you if you grab hold of the truth, even like I did. I just grabbed hold of a truth that he was sharing that lines up with the word of God. I believe it can elevate you into your right position in life. Amen. And so will you please give your best applause and welcome Pastor Tommy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is good, amen? amen. And uh, appreciate that uh, introduction. And uh, God is so faithful to us, and he, he definitely watches over his word to perform it, amen? And uh, it is a privilege to be here this morning, and I can remember a year and a couple months ago, I was sitting right there where Pastor Josh just sat down at the launch of this wonderful, wonderful church. And it is good to be here and to see your faces and to see what God is doing here. And, and uh, what an awesome privilege it is. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, as you know, Josh has, of course, already began to lay a great foundation for throwing me under the bus. And the things, you know, that I personally struggle with dealing with the fact of having a national championship team. It's a struggle, you know, to be <laughs> humble in those type of circumstances. But God is working on me. Can you pray for me that God will help me? And, uh, you know, God is good. I have uh, really much enjoyed uh, the Cincinnati Bengals as my team for the pro football. And, uh, huh? 
Yeah, they're pros. Yeah, they've actually been to the playoffs six times and lost. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. And so it's an exciting time to be able to go into places of business, restaurants, with your jacket and your hat on and the looks that everybody gives you around here. Very, very, very wonderful. It's a, quite an experience, but God is faithful and he has protected me thus far. Amen. And so uh, it's awesome. And my wife, she gives her greetings all the way from Hotlanta, Georgia. And uh, 12-hour trip up here. I got here about last week. And as I'm driving, I got to watch my thermometer on my car start at about 40. And it worked its way down, 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 down. And when I got here, it was 7 degrees. And I said to myself, actually to the Lord, I said, is this you? <laughs> What, what is happening right now? But here we are, ready to do the work of the Lord. And uh, why don't you look at the person that you're sitting next to and say, you're in the right place tonight or today. Today. Now, you know, he's already said I'm from the South, so I'm a little bit of a Southern preacher. So it doesn't mind. I don't mind if you talk to me while I talk to you. Is that all right? And so you can say amen. You can jump, fall out, roll around. It doesn't bother me. And if you do it good enough, I might do it with you. So uh, I was preaching at a camp. I don't do youth camps very often anymore, but uh, I was doing one just last a few weeks ago, and some of the students stood up, took their shoes off. We were in Louisiana, so there you go, and took their shoes off and are throwing them while I was preaching. So don't you do that today because I'm not as quick as I used to be. Amen? Well, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to Isaiah chapter number if you've got your Bible or if you've got a phone or an iPad or whatever the case may be. Isaiah chapter number 40, verse number 28. The Bible says, Have you not known, have you not heard, but the Lord, our God, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor grows weary, and his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and increases the strength of those that have no might. Uh, even young men shall stumble and fall, and youth shall utterly fall and grow weary. But they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Somebody say amen. Now, I like it. All throughout the scriptures, we do find out that God describes us as many different things on and off throughout the scriptures. The sands of the sea, the stars in the sky. Sheep, sometimes goats. How many of you want to be a sheep? Not a goat. Say amen. Uh, Jesus describes some religious people as some very interesting things. When he talked to religious people, he called them snakes. Amen. How many of you hope that you're not religious? One time he called somebody, uh, some a group of religious people, he called them whitewashed sepulchers. In other words, tombs that were looked good on the outside but were full of death on the inside. I'll be an eagle. Somebody say amen. So why don't you hold up your right hand like a good boy scout or girl scout and say, I am an eagle. Now, I want to give you some uh, National Geographic Animal Planet statistics here about eagles before we get into the bulk of the message today. For example, we know that eagles' wingspans can be up, especially bald eagles, their wingspan can be up to seven feet long. They can fly uh, upward about 60 miles an hour, and flying downward, they can fly about 120 miles an hour. 
Now, that is a majestic bird. I'm glad that the Lord, when he chose to describe me as a particular bird, that he did not say, oh, my people are like chickens. <laughs> that would be terrible. So he said, I'm a, I am like an eagle. And, and um, you know, an eagle can actually lift up to about 20 pounds. They can fly down, and they can lift up to 20 pounds. And I was preaching this message a long time ago in, uh, up in the northernest northern part of Maine where there are more moose than people in population. And uh, my youngest uh, boy was with us, and he was only about three years old, and I preached this message, and I don't know why. I may, must have been harping on their ability to lift uh, small animals up into their nest. So he walks outside the church, and he's like this looking around, and I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm watching for eagles. So for what reason? He goes, I'm afraid. Afraid of what? I'm afraid one's going to lift me up and carry me into this nest. And I said, oh, I would never let, you, let it do that. He said, you can't stop it. They're powerful birds. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. And, and so, you know, and I described that an eagle's talons are powerful enough to crush a man's arm. I was just telling him all these things, so he was worried about it. But, you know, one of the things that I like about eagles that maybe the Lord was thinking of when he described us as them, he says, an eagle will nest for life. It will find a nest up in a mountain, and it will live there for its life. I think that's something to be said about an eagle, that it will find a good place to live, and it will stay there. I think that has something to do with us as believers when we oftentimes commitment and connectivity is something that we are not that good at at times. As it is a tendency for people to jump from church to, well, maybe not church to church, probably not y'all, but go from place to place. But it's good to find a place to nest and develop roots and stay there for life. Because guess what? When you have roots in a place like your church, when the storms of life are blowing, if you've got roots that go deep, even the strongest of winds will not be able to take you away from what God has began in your life. Say amen. Here's another thing that I like about eagles. They actually mate for life. Say amen. Now, this isn't a marriage conference, but wouldn't that be good news for all believers? That we mate for life. An eagle will find its mate and they will stay with one another for life. Somebody say, I'm like an eagle. You know what? An eagle also has great vision. They can actually see up to two miles down the way to see the prey that they are choosing. So in other words, an eagle has great vision. Two miles down the way, they can see a small rabbit or a snake or, or a fish or whatever the case may be. And I think that when God was speaking about eagles, as it refers to you and I, that we need to be visionaries. We need to have great vision. We shouldn't just be focused on what is at hand, but we ought to be able to look down the road and be able to make clear decisions that can only be made when you are connected with God who is able to tell you that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And a visionary, the Bible declares in Proverbs, that where there is no vision. How many of you know that because of a lack of vision in your life, you found yourselves in some particular situations that you didn't like? Because how many of you have said this before? Well, hindsight is 20-20. 
Hindsight is 2020. Hindsight is 2020. Well, hey, guess what? When will we stop saying that and actually have some vision for our life and we won't have to say hindsight is 2020 as an excuse for our lack of vision? Amen. Because we don't want to perish. We want to thrive. We want to be successful. We want to go forward and not stumble over every little thing. So if I am like an eagle, then I've got to possess great, great vision. One thing about, I like about an eagle is that an eagle will not eat dead things. An eagle will not eat dead things. It will not do it. Like, for example, if you're driving down, especially in the south where animals are everywhere, there are not a lot of animals here because they're all frozen to death right now. So, but in the south, you can just be driving down the road. You know, you got a rabbit, you got a, you know, you got foxes, you got all of these things. But guess what? They're not that smart, so they get ran over. And they're laying there, you know, good old roadkill is right there. But you'll never see an eagle landing on some roadkill and having breakfast. But you will see crows or blackbirds or other birds will sit there and have themselves a big heyday. Or you might see my cousin over there getting his roadkill because he's... No, that's a joke. But, well, kind of. But anyway, so you, you won't eat dead. But how many times are we satisfied with dead words from the Lord? How many times are we trying to chew on or meditate on something that God spoke to us 500 years ago? I'm not talking about 500 years ago as it is applying to his word because this word is living and it's sharp and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. But I'm talking about something that you had come to you five years ago that you're holding on to still today when you need to have a fresh word from the Lord. That's why it's so important to be connected at your church and nest here for life because every Sunday, every Wednesday, a fresh word from God is coming. But not only on Sundays and Wednesdays, because if you're truly connected, then you have the heart of the house, which is to be students of the word every day, receiving something fresh from God every single day when you wake up. Early in the morning will I seek you. Your word have I hid in my heart so that I would not sin against you. Your word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my pathway. His word, a fresh word from him every day. Somebody say, I will not eat dead things. I will receive a fresh word from God. Every day. That ought to be a challenge to each and every one of us that we would grab a hold of his word and hold on to it every day. You know, one thing I like about an eagle is they love storms. Where most animals, especially birds, when a storm will come, they will actually go into hiding. They will get in their nest or whatever that they're going to do. But actually, a bald eagle, when it sees a storm coming, it will actually fly in towards the storm. And that God has given the eagle a special ability to lock its wings into place where they're unmovable. And that eagle will fly directly into the storm. Now, what happens to us? When we fly in the storms, we're like that little black bird or whatever. You see birds caught in those. You don't have tornadoes here, but I have been here in the Grand Haven area. and uh, This was back in the day when Josh and all of this was happening 15, 16 years ago. I remember there was a time I was here. They were having like 80-mile-an-hour straight winds. Okay, so you don't have tornadoes that twist around, but you got 80-mile-an-hour straight winds. Hey, same thing, okay? 
And those straight winds are coming, but those birds, you know, you see them flapping and going crazy and flapping their wings and flipping out. But an eagle just, boom, puts his wings out there, and they lock into place. And a lot of the times when storms come in our life, we wear ourselves out because we're constantly trying to flap our wings, constantly trying to figure it out on our own. When an eagle just, boom, puts his wings into place, locks them in, and he knows that the winds of the storm will elevate him above the storm. If you will lock your wings into place, nest for life, mate for life, eat only things that are full of life. When storms come, the winds will elevate you above the storms where no longer are you uh, suffering through the storm, but you're riding above the storm. Say amen. amen. Glory to God. You know, probably when I had a great revelation of this is, is I like to fly as opposed to driving. How many of you know that's a lot better? How many of you know a two-hour flight is better than a 12-hour drive? And so um, before we were, I was in, I don't remember what city we were in, but I mean it was lightning and thundering and everything like this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, are we going to make the flight? Is it going to happen? And so we did. We took off, and I'm here to tell you that plane was shaking. There's a woman sitting next to me in the middle seat. I always sit on the aisle because I like to get up, walk around, or whatever. And uh, there's a woman sitting next to me, and that plane is just shaking. And she is terrified. Me, it's like a roller coaster. I don't care. And she looks at me, and she says, sir, can I hold your hand? And I said, yes, you can. You can hold my hand, but look at this. I'm married and happily. Thank you very much. And I said, would holding my hand make you feel better? And she said, yes. So she held my hand, and I'm telling you, she gripped it with a power that I had no idea she could. She was scared, gripping my hand, and she's holding it tight. And she's just holding it, and I'm just looking at her. I said, why are you so afraid? She says, I don't want to die. Well, how many of you know, for somebody like me and then somebody like her, she is, in my mind, a captive audience. (laughs) You're getting ready to hear about Jesus. Amen. Because you can't get out and you're scared and you don't want to die and you don't want to go to hell. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Trust him like no other. Jesus is the way. And so I held her hand and I just told her. I said, hey, I'm a preacher. She goes, really? I said, yeah. I said, you're not going to die today. She says, how do you know? I said, because I'm next to you. She goes, well, how do you know that? I said, guess what? I have to go over here and preach in this city and the Lord told me to go and he's not going to let me die till I do it. So at least until you get out of my sight, you're going to be safe. She goes, but what about afterwards? I said, well, let me tell you about Jesus. And she's got my hand. I'm like, but I want my hand back. The turbulence is over. But what we noticed was that the lightning then was like right there with us. You could see it in the clouds. But then all of a sudden it was like, boom. And we were looking down at the clouds. We were looking down and you could see the pockets of lightning flashing around and and that the bald eagle is one of the only birds that has the boldness and the courage to endure the lightning and the thunders and the winds than to fly above the storm how many of you in this room right now have some storms you're going through in your life and you've been doing this i mean you've been like a wild man you're just doing it doing it kind of like pastor josh at crossfit Look, look at this. This is easy. Anybody can do this. What is the problem? This is, and Josh, uh, 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 uh. (laughs) six o'clock in the morning, I won't be there tomorrow, okay? 
And so, but you're doing that. You're just flapping your wings. But how many of you know if you would just lock them into place? Allow the winds of the circumstances, regardless of whether they're good or bad, elevate you above the storm. Somebody say amen. Well, of course, we also know that the eagle only has one natural enemy. The only enemy that it has is a great horned owl. Now, a great horned owl is a, how many of you know that as far as birds are concerned, any kind of owl, the great horned owl, the snow owl, the whatever owl, they are scary. Got those eyes, bing, and then they do the exorcism deal with their head. <laughs> Not good, right? Well, the great horned owl is huge. Its wingspans up to eight feet. I mean, they're humongous birds, and they are the only enemy of the bald eagle. And what that will do, it will pursue that eagle trying to catch it as they're flying, doing all this kind of stuff. But the eagle does something very unique. It will actually fly directly into the sunlight. And it will keep going up and up and up towards the sun. Now, God has equipped an eagle with a special lens that will go down over its eyes so that it can endure the brightness of the sun. A Presbyterian could preach this right here. Do you know what I'm talking about? This is easy preaching. That when your enemy, we only have one. His name is the devil, moron, dummy, idiot, whatever you want to call him. He's a moron. Amen? Some of y'all got nervous. Don't talk about the devil like that. He'll get you. No, I'm not worried about the devil. He's a punk. Amen. He's under my feet. We've got the victory over him by the blood of the lamb. He's my only enemy. And when he pursues me, and he does, I fly directly into the son of the name is Jesus Christ. And in his presence, the enemy cannot come. Amen. Look at somebody and say, fly towards the sun. Just fly towards the sun. Fly towards the sun. That's good preaching for National Geographic, amen? And then there's one thing about the eagle that they also do is that eagles are known for their maternal skills. They're very maternal. They, I didn't even need this to begin with, so I don't know why I had it. But anyway, and so they uh, are very maternal. They stay with their children for a long period of time until they're ready to leave the nest. And um, what they do is, is that an eagle's nest up there on the mountain, very big, nice and large. And they got a little junior, we're going to call the little junior eaglet, junior, and his little brother. And, they, and then the nest, they have down and, and uh, feathers and fur and all different kinds of stuff. It's like a sealy prostopedic <laughs> nest for eagles. And so it's there. And the mother and the father, they don't hang out in the nest. They're out doing eagle business, whatever that is. And they bring the food. You know how it is. The eagle's got his mouth open. Feed me, feed me, feed me. Like a lot of people that you know. I didn't want to say you because I don't know you, but you know somebody that's at church that's like, oh, I left that church because I wasn't getting fed. Ooh, that's what we do in the South. That's just how we do it down there. Just slap somebody real quick. <laughs> I just slap you. Just look at you. Just, I don't get fed. Oh, hey, how long you been saved? Good night. Don't you need to feed yourself? <laughs> Say amen. <laughs> and so feed me. So they're bringing them, of course, the food, the live food, feeding the little eagle. And they're getting fed and all this stuff, taking care of it. And then one day, little Junior, he, he's starting to get stronger and they venture out onto the edge of the cliff. And they're like wondering, you know, mom's not here. Where's mom and dad? They're just flying around doing whatever they do. And 
Junior looking at his brother, and they're standing on the edge, and they're like, whoo, that's a long way. Have you ever done that? Have you ever, like when we were growing up, we, uh, we lived in an area in Kentucky where there were strip mines where they dug it all out, and they made lakes and stuff, and we would go to strip mines, and we'd climb all the way up, and then we'd stand on the edge. And then we would count, right? One, two. How many of you know you never go on three? All you do is make yourself scared or you push the other person. <laughs> and so you know who got pushed. So, But they're standing there because there's something in them. See, within each and every one of you, there is something in you that is compelling you to be greater than what you currently are right now. Wherever you are in your life, whether you have never even, maybe you're in here and you haven't even begun this journey with Jesus Christ, but you're here because there's something inside of you saying you could be better than you are. Or maybe you're like me. I got saved when I was seven years old. I was born in, a, in church, I think. I think I, my mom popped me out on the pew and I've never missed a Sunday since. We had children's church. There was no children's church when I was growing up. Children's church was underneath the pew with a crayon and a coloring book. And if you say one more word, little man. Oh, I'm sorry. It's having flashbacks. And, you know, and then the Baptist church was a little bit quiet, so they couldn't just really get on you there because, you know, very silent. But when we started going to a charismatic Pentecostal church, your mom could just yell at you and scream and kick you, and you holler, and they'll think, oh, that's the Holy Ghost moving. <laughs> On that little boy. Look at him. He's so blessed. I'm crying. It's because I've been beat up. <laughs> and so, you know, we're, he's there. But there's something in all of you, whether you've been saved, you're, you know, like me, I feel like I've been saved my whole life, or you've just began. There's something within me that still yet compels me to be greater than I currently am. And so you're standing there, and they're wanting to do something. What's happening? What's going on? And so they stand there. But you know what? The comfort of the nest. Have you ever got ready to do something crazy, but the comfort of your current job is greater than your desire to really step out? Now, one thing about God and Mama Eagle is one day Junior and his little brother standing out there on the edge, and Mama's back here tearing up that bed. She's pulling out all the feathers, pulling out all the down, nothing left but a thorny bed of sticks and thorns. Now, a lot, of, and then old Junior, what he does is he's like, okay, I'm getting hungry. He goes back to sit down, and he's like, what? Oh, what the? It, what in the world is wrong with my bed? Amen. Now, a lot, here's what we do, though, when that happens. Oh, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Satan, I command you in the name of the Lord. And if you know how to pray Baptist style, I command you, Satan. And you got to sing and pray at the same time. <laughs> and we rebuke the devil. But it ain't the devil. Because the devil don't want you to elevate. The devil don't want you to go up higher. The devil don't want you to live a vertical life. The devil wants you to live a horizontal life. Many times we make horizontal changes in our life, and what happens is we're at the same level, just in a different place. God wants you to go up. Say amen. And we rebuke the devil. Oh, the devil, God, I got a flat tire. I rebuke you. De that ain't the devil giving you a flat tire. It's you cheap, and you ain't bought new tires. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, so that ain't the devil. 
It ain't the devil messing with you all the time. We were rebuking the devil and we're praying and all that. It's actually God messing up your nest because he knows that at the end of the day, you have not been created for the nest. You've been created to fly. You haven't been created just to sit there in those orange seats. You've been created to fly. God has created you, and every now and then in your life, you're going to find out that that bed that was so comfortable at one time is no longer comfortable now. Because God's got something greater for you. And so as you're sitting here, you're like, well, I can't go back there because that stinks. But I'm too scared to jump. Amen. Well, guess what? God knows. God knows you're too scared to jump. So guess what Mama Eagle does? You got to love her. While Junior is standing there looking, trying to get his brother to go. He's like, on count of three, we'll go at the same time. Mama is down over here in stealth mode, Whoosh. and she does a little creep, you know. And she, so you know the one brother, she only can push one at a time. He looks back, he's like, oh, <laughs> you in trouble now. And guess what happens? Mama pushes Junior out of the na- There might be a mama in here right now. You got a 25-year-old living at your house playing the Xbox 360 right now. You know you need to. Never mind. So that baby, I just threw that out there for somebody who's wanting to kick your kid out of the house. The Lord says do it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's time to spread your wings and fly, Junior. All right. We don't have a problem with that down south. We just boot them out. Junior gets pushed out. He starts flapping his wings. He's crazy. He don't know what he's doing. And you know he's saying all kinds of things. If we could speak eagle, you know he's talking to his mama crazy right now. (laughs) Amen. Because you don't know what's happening because you've never flown before. But the mom knows. uh, I hate to tell you, you're an eagle, not a penguin. I know you can fly. You've got the ability within you to fly, and you'll never know what you can do until you finally step out in faith. And so that baby's just, rah, 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 and the story goes, he don't fly the first time. But what the little eaglet at the moment know, does not know is that the mother can fly faster than he can fall. Isn't that good about God? That when you do take that leap of faith, that Almighty God can fly faster than you can fall. And the Bible even speaks about an eagle catching its young in its wings and lifting it back up to that spot. And it happens a couple times. And then finally, at the end, the baby, because see, once you've stepped out in faith once, I didn't want to go to the Philippines. Matter of fact, I told the pastor, oh, no. In my mind, I had other words. I just said, no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm a proud to be an American. Yeah, that was me. I don't want to go to Philippines. Don't want to go to Mexico. I don't want to go to Mexico. Me- of course, I was living in California, and my pastor like, you need to go to Mexico. I live in California, same thing. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't got to go to Mexico. It's right here. Hola, hello. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so... I go there first. I go to Tijuana first. And when I stepped out in faith, I am standing there. To them, I look like the eighth wonder of the world. I'm so white. And they're, what in the world are you doing? And they're looking at me. Next thing I know, because I took the one step, then the next time, then the next thing I know, I am madly in love with Hispanic folks. 
And I'm like, what has happened? But it was because if I didn't know how to fly. But now I'll roll with, I'll roll with any Hispanics now. I've been to Peru. I've been all over Mexico. I don't go to where all the white folks go because that's boring. I go where no white folks have gone before. Hallelujah. <laughs> Speak a little Spanish, and, and it's pretty wonderful. I was there one time, and we were doing a big crusade, and, there's, and as Pastor Josh so eloquently mentioned that I like to grab the microphone and start singing and stuff. And so I'm, <laughs> that's true. I do like to. It's, you know, it's kind of like it's my party. I can cry if I want to, and it's my crusade, and I can sing if I want to. <laughs> and so we're up there, and I've got my son Anthony Flores is with me. Who uh, He was here with us on launch day doing great things for God in Mexico, and we were with him. We've got crusade, hundreds of people. And, man, they're singing, uh, you know that song, uh, uh, Your presence is heaven to me, right? Well, they're singing, of course, in Spanish, which is, Tu presencia es cielo para mí. But in Spanish, just one small diversion from the pronunciation is another word. I'm from the south. I'm just hearing what I'm hearing, and I'm singing it. And I say suelo, which to good old wife, cielo, suelo, same thing, right? No. Cielo, heaven, suelo, floor. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm up there singing, your presence is like a floor to me. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, I'm shouting and getting crazy, and they're all like, The Blanquito is crazy. <laughs> He's like, he is so nuts. And my friend Dave is on the guitar. He's strumming. He goes, Papa, Papa, no, no suelo, no suelo. Es cielo, es cielo. And, of course, I suelo to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but before I ever took that leap, I'd have never done that. But once I took a leap of faith, guess what? Here we are. Didn't want to go to the Philippines. 17 hours in a jet plane? Are you serious? No, thank you. And I stepped off one the first time. I've been to the Philippines 20 times since. We have an orphanage, Bible college, all this wonderful stuff that God is doing. Been to Ukraine, Peru, all this good stuff. Because I didn't want to, but I got pushed out of my comfort zone. And boy, since I've learned how to fly, one thing about those children, and mom and daddy, listen to this. You need to start telling your kids you're like an eagle. You're like an eagle. You're like an eagle. Not a chicken or a turkey or a buzzer, (laughs) but you're an eagle. Because once that child leaves the nest, learns how to fly, it never comes back. Somebody say amen. Once you do this, see, I got to go to the Philippines now. I can't help myself. I got to go to Mexico now. I can't help myself. Oh, you can't go down there to uh, Michoacan. It's so dangerous. Of course, it's very dangerous, and they're kidnapping people left and right just for fun. But no problem for me. Kidnap me. You'll give me back. <laughs> Once you find out what I know, you give me back real quick. I ain't no money, and I'm just going to be preaching to you all day long. <laughs> Can you stand up to your feet? And if uh, the, uh, Travis, if you will come and give me a little talking music. Can you do that? 
this is actually the music that they play at the end to make the preacher be quiet. So this is what's happening. And uh, let me check the time. I'm sure Josh took up way too much time earlier, so I'm taking up a couple minutes now. It's 11.44 if you're taking medicine. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Make sure everybody's fully medicated, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> How many of you have some storms in your life? Raise your hand. Tell the truth. Do you got some storms in your family, in your life? How many of you in your heart that there's some things in your heart that you're wanting to leap out in faith? Raise your hand. I mean, it's almost everyone here. That there's something in your life and that you're just a little bit nervous just to do. Well, pretend today that I am that eagle. Or the Holy Spirit, you can do that. The Holy Spirit is here. And he is here right now. Those of you that are got a little bit of fear in your life, guess what? The Holy Spirit is here. You can make one of two decisions. You can be pushed. Because eventually, because God knows who you are, and that he knows that you're created to fly, he will arrange the circumstances in your life so that you have no other choice but to fly. Now, that can get very uncomfortable at times. Amen? Or you can just hear the preacher today and say, you know what, God? I'm just going to step out, and I'm going to do what you're telling me to do. It could be so many different things. It could be in giving. Maybe you're holding back, and you want to be more generous, but you're nervous. Well, give like never before. Maybe you're wanting to serve even here at your nest. This is your nest. This church is your nest, so nest here for life. I have never seen so many children in one location in my entire life ever. You guys are being obedient to the Bible, which says be fruitful and multiply. Get a television. Praise the Lord. Put it in your bedroom. Yes, Lord. <laughs> That's what I tell them in the Philippines because every time we go back, the pastors have more kids. I'm like, you need a TV. We don't even have electricity. Okay. There you go. That's the problem. <clears throat> but maybe you just, you just need to launch out. Whatever the case may be, whether you are battling with faith to take that leap of faith or just storms in your life, but I want to just, if you will allow me to not today, to just pray over you real quick. I'm going to sit down and take my place, and Pastor Josh is going to come back up here, and uh, we'll have you at the buffet before the Baptists get there. Say amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This is an important part of church is eating. So how many of you would raise your hand again and say, I got some storms in my life? Now, I'm going to ask you to do something that you might slap the person you're standing next to, but that'd be all right. You probably want to anyway. Can you do this with me? Can you spread your wings out a little bit? Lift out your hands like an eagle? Because you ain't a chicken. The Lord didn't say you'll mount up with chicken wings. Even though chicken wings sound good right now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Doesn't that sound good? Little B-dubs. Yes, Lord. <laughs> so you got your eagle wings out. Now you got to lock them into place. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would help Vertical Church be a room full of those that fly above the storms.
that they would be full of victory and faith. And that God, the community, would look at the members of Vertical Church and say, Wow, how do you fly above the storms of life? That they would be able to say, We lock in. We nest for life. We mate for life. We never eat dead things. That's how we're able to fly above the storm. Glory to God. And God, for those that are here that said, Pastor Tommy... I I need to leap out in faith. Father, give every member of this church the courage to take a leap of faith, whether it be in giving, whether it be in serving, whether it be in leaving one job for a job of less pay but greater fulfillment, whatever the case may be. Give them the strength to do so, God. If there is a person here today that says, you know what, I've never took a leap, I've never even went towards Jesus. Today's your day that you could take that leap into the family of God like never before and say, God, I'll serve you the rest of my life. Could you lift up your right hand right now real quick and I'm going to take my seat. Say, Father. Everybody say this with me. Say, Father. I will be an eagle. I will fly above the storms. I will take a leap of faith. I will be who you've called me to be. I will do what you've called me to do. With all of my mind, with all of my will, with all of my strength, with all of my finances, I will fly like an eagle. And when my enemy comes, I will find your presence And I will rest there in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.